All right, we're live. Welcome back to another edition of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. We are happy to have you with us tonight. My name is John. I will be your host because it's my podcast and that's what I do. Um, we are uh, we're going to have some fun tonight, but before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I've got a couple things that I want to mention. Let's put the ticker up there. Uh, if you are joining us, you are on YouTube tonight we can't go to facebook i think until tomorrow i think is when the sanctions get lifted and we can go live on facebook which is a day late and a dollar short story of my life um so uh, so we're only on youtube i will get this posted up on facebook it just won't be live so if you are with us live tonight please put those comments in that live chat section it is either off to the side or down below the the video window depending on what device you're using and and how you've got your screen set up. But uh, we want to hear from you. We want to converse with you. Uh, We want you to make this better than TV or radio. We want you to make this interactive. And uh, it's almost real time. Within uh, about 30 seconds of when... Oh, we've got noises. Hold on. There we go. Dumb cat. Anyway. Anyway. Um... She's not dumb. She's too smart for her own good. That's the problem. She knows when she's being a pest, and she hit the unmute button over there. Anyway, uh, as you may have heard, my uh, my beautiful bride is sitting in her spot in the producer's chair, making sure that I don't screw stuff up too badly. We did have a couple technical issues early. I think a reboot on this computer hopefully has flushed out the gremlins, so we're going to keep rolling here and have just a fun night tonight. Um, but yeah, get those comments out there, make this interactive because it's up to you guys to make this better than TV, better than radio. Uh, real quick. We also want to mention, we are a proud member of the self-defense radio network. So get over there and check out all the cool pro gun, pro two a pro freedom podcasts that are available on the self-defense radio network. You can find that at sdrn.us and make sure as soon as this is over that you go check that out. But uh, but wait, wait till this is done. We want you here with us for this part. So glad to have everybody along. Uh, no more uh, sponsors yet for this season, so I don't have anybody to announce there. Although uh, before we get rolling, I do have one more thing that I want to announce. Um, if you notice the cool USCCA hat that I uh, that I'm wearing tonight, which is, I think, really neat. Um, so a thing happened over the weekend. And I just want to add one little touch to my cool USCCA hat. And I think a lot of people knew that I was certifiable, but it is official. I am certified as an instructor through USCCA. So that business will be getting built and started here over the next couple months and hopefully by spring when it warms up. And uh, because there's no indoor place to shoot around here. So hopefully by spring, I will be ready to host some classes and get some people ready to uh, legally concealed carry here in Nebraska. So uh, be uh, be on the lookout for more to come on that business as we grow it. All right, let's get some people up here with us on the screen. Um, first and foremost, we want to uh, we want to bring out our, our fully semi-official co-host. I think that's going to be the real title that we're going to go with, fully semi-official. So Defense Dad is here with us reporting in from lincoln nebraska what's up uh i'm here <laughs> glad you're here how much All work right. today just 
Yeah, glad to be on the show. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's sometimes nice to just not have to put a whole lot of thought process into just hanging out and having a conversation. And that's kind of kind of what we want to do tonight a little bit and dig into some stuff as we go. We've also got a couple guests here um, joining us tonight. So first we have uh, Lloyd Bailey with us. And Lloyd is host uh, or co-host at least of uh, Armed Lutheran Radio and you do some other stuff as well. Uh, Lloyd, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here again. Yeah, glad to have you back. Um, also, uh, not his first voyage on the ship with us. We've got uh, reporting in from uh, from Nevada. We've got Jake Wiskirchen, who is part of Walk the Talk America, joining us tonight. Jake, how's it going? Better since you pronounced Nevada correctly, which uh, about a third of the country doesn't seem to be able to do. Really? Yeah. I hear a lot of Nevada as though there's like a W in the middle of it. There isn't. Yeah, I don't know. Those are weird people. I also have relatives in Colorado. Uh, I've been told by my relatives in Minnesota that I say that one right. And I know how Oregon is supposed to be pronounced. So I guess I am just a geographical genius. Oh, it's Um, Nevada, don't you know? (laughs) Yeah. All right. And then also, uh, it wouldn't be a get off my lawn podcast without everybody's favorite tactical teacher. Also from the capital city of Lincoln, Nebraska, Travis P11 is in the house. Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? Doing great. How about you? Good. Good. Doing all right, man. Doing good. Just uh, ready for tonight's show. So we'll see where things go. You getting ready for break? When does break start for you? Uh, We got finals next week. And then after okay. that, we got a, got a couple weeks off, so it's going to be good. Yeah. So do you, are they, are you out by the, by Christmas Eve, by the 23rd? Yeah. Most of the schools finish up like next Wednesday, next Thursday, next Wednesday, I believe. Cool. All right. Nice. Yeah. All right. See, that's, if you were a college professor, you'd have like a whole month off for Christmas and New Year's, it seems like. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty decent, you... pretty decent chunk for those guys, but uh... right. Last a couple weeks. Now that's all right. Let's get back cool. on the saddle. Get this year done. There you go. There you go. Right all on. right. We're glad to have you along. Okay, you. we're just gonna kind of dig into this a little bit, and I, I kind of want to get everybody's um, everybody's take. Oh, we've got we had. He may be back. We had an apparition in the green room. He was there. He flickered. He didn't materialize, and now he's gone. So I'm not sure what's happening, but. Uh, we may have a we may have a guest weigh in. We may not. We'll see. Um, hmm. I want to get everybody's take and see if maybe I'm the only one, but I don't think I am because um, I I know I've heard this my whole life, and and I think probably most everybody has. Hey, there he comes back. He did material. Holy smokes, it's Squib. Squib, what's up? Oh dear lord! Nice avatar picture. For those of you who cannot see the screen we've got a very cool picture of a very famous baldwin brother who uh didn't touch the trigger i'm not naming names he's killed more people than omicron he's uh, he's killed more yeah 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 apparently um wow that's a topic two topics that i wasn't prepared for tonight and they just kind of fell into one sentence there nice um okay so so i kind of want to know if everybody on the panel and you out there in the comments as well. Um, If you guys grew up hearing this, but I always heard you don't discuss politics. You don't discuss religion. That's how fights get started. Now let's just 
first of all, address uh, right now, everybody's talking about politics. So it's not that politics necessarily are taboo, but the biggest issue is because we've talked uh, or told people for so long not to talk about these things, that now that politics is kind of front and center for everybody, and I don't think it's just in our country, I think it's in in most of the, at least the first world countries, if not most of the world right now with COVID and, and uh, governmental uh, overreach and things like that. We're all talking about, about political things lately, but nobody knows how to have an actual discussion. So it seems to me like if, if we cut out the politics, we cut out the religion, we've, we've kind of taken off the table things that people just inherently disagree on or agree to disagree on, but not, not very many people agree on politics a hundred percent or religion a hundred percent. And I think that's okay. Personally, I think it's a good thing, but so few people know actually how to sit down and have a conversation now with somebody who doesn't think everything that they think and doesn't agree with everything that they agree with. So I kind of want to know, I'm just going to go around the horn and get everybody's take because I want to know where you're coming from. If, if you kind of came from the same background or if you never heard this before, um, I kind of want to know that. So defense dad, did you grow up here and not to talk about those things? Uh, grow up, not so much. Uh, my family would discuss those things. My line of work, it's, it's a big no, no. When you're trying to get people to spend money, you do not talk about these two volatile subjects. Right. Uh, cause you're going to make your customers mad sometimes. Um, but yeah, there, and like it or not, there is a lot of politics in religion. And the, yeah, yeah, within yeah. within the four walls of the church. So that's true too. Um, Lloyd, what uh, what is your background? Did did you did you hear that when you were growing up at all? Yeah, I'm a little older than you guys, about ten years. So, um, I, but I've heard it as long as I can remember. Um, I think the I think the problem is that we've kind of lost our ability to talk about those things while our political and religious or ideological opponents don't have those same constraints. So they continue to talk about it and we kind of shy away from it and it lets them kind of take control of the narrative sometimes. And I think there's there's too often a um, an unwillingness to to talk about things that are divisive. Um, because, and I think social media has made it more difficult because I don't think people know how to talk about these things without pissing people off. No, I definitely agree with that. Squib, if you're there, um, what was it when, when you were growing up and then in your adult years too, as far as politics, religion, were they social no-nos? And I don't know if Squib, oh, there he is. And just because I unmute it doesn't mean that it actually works. StreamYard sucks. I know. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> I, I had a lot of problems earlier this week. Uh, so uh, as far as that, talking religion when I was growing up, uh, the people I grew up with, the people I went to church with thought that if you didn't witness to everybody you walked past, you were going to burn in hell. So they talked religion all the time, whether you wanted them to or not. And... Uh, I guess that was just uh, the mindset. I mean, as far as talking politics, uh, I don't really recall talking politics so much. Maybe 
we did, and it just wasn't so one-sided back in those days, right? Uh, but I mean, nowadays, I have been told at work, don't talk about it, even though some people do. I've had some people say some things, and I've let it you know, trigger me and, and started into a conversation that uh, I had to politely back out of because I realized this isn't a good idea. And uh, the thing is, religion and politics are subjects that people feel strongly about, passionately about. Maybe it's their upbringing. Maybe it's things that's happened to them throughout their life. Maybe it affects their finances. Whatever it is, they feel passionate about that. So when it's brought up, if you even slightly disagree, that's it, right? I mean, some people can 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 be objective about it. Uh, I know that I I feel strongly about a few things, but I try to be objective. Maybe some people don't see that, or maybe uh, the way I present myself, it doesn't look like I'm trying to be objective. But I've had people who typically vote the way I vote, or uh, say they're in the same religion as me, or they're in the same social, economical, uh, and, and age group as me, and whatnot. That I thought, you know, I knew well. Uh, get get pretty uh, defensive over one little minor neutral neutral kind of disagreement. No, absolutely, and and I think that. Um one of the things that, that you had said in there was, you know, back in the day, things weren't quite as, as one-sided. And, and I want to say that things are definitely not one-sided today. They're, they're two-sided, but that's just it. They're, they're, they're polarizing and it's either you're one of us or you're one of them and there's no gray area left. And, and that really, that really bugs me. And we'll get into maybe that a little bit more here as we go along. Um, Squib maybe back. We'll see. Um, but I'm glad that he weighed in with that part of it. Uh, Travis, what was, uh, what was it like in, in your background? Well, it's interesting. I, my parents sent me to a, a Catholic school for grade seven through 12, but I was a Methodist, which was kind of an interesting experience. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, growing up, just being around my parents, my dad, his brothers and sisters, family gatherings, politics, religion, that discussion would happen. Because they were all very much politically the same, same faith, same background. But in public, I just always noticed this about my dad. He never would get into discussions about politics, religion with people at work or when I would be with him. So I just kind of took to that kind of behavior, but I was never really told, oh, don't discuss those things. It just never really came up. I just noticed that it just never really seemed to come up with us when we we're out and about. That was like the one thing that would just never come up. So, okay. but I mean, but yeah, openly talking about politics and religions, him and his family, him with my mom, us around the dinner table, that kind of thing. That was, that was not uncommon, but it was just kind of weird. But, but then again, being in that environment of grade seven through 12 in a, in a religious school, religion was always there and politics would mix in with it too. So you couldn't really get away with it. So might've had a funky upbringing, but yeah, that's how it is. You know, that's one thing that I notice a lot of the time is the people who, who are in a in a setting where discussing religion is, is commonplace that politics tend to follow right along too. I mean, if you're not afraid of one, you're probably not afraid of, well, it, at least if you're not afraid of religion, then you're probably not afraid of politics being in the conversation. That may not always be the, the reverse may not always be true. Uh, Jake, I saved you for last just because as a, as a clinician, I know that you've got a lot of insights that some of the rest of us uh, don't have. So for you personally, before you get into professionally, 
Um, what was what was your experience? Same or or unique? Yeah, it was the same. I mean, I was explicitly told. Uh, maybe it was a little tongue in cheek, but the message was still delivered. It's like, you know, don't discuss religion and politics. It's just the same as everybody else has shared. And um, I grew up uh, Catholic here in northern Nevada. Pretty uh, pretty milk toast involvement. We uh, <laughs> religiously went to church, but we didn't we didn't discuss the religion itself, let alone the faith behind the religion. So um, around about uh, 15 and a half or so years old, when I took my first job, I noted that I had a pretty easy out for not having to go to church anymore because I worked on Sundays at the local uh, mini golf and raceway. And uh, that was it. I, uh, I didn't really return until very, very late in college and uh, started attending a, a campus Christian group that was for athletes. And I was the only one who didn't play uh, collegiate sports, but they welcomed me in and I knew a bunch of the people. And, and I started the journey again, uh, really, truly understanding the, the aspects of the scripture and the doctrine and the faith behind the religion. And I didn't return to Catholicism, uh, but I studied a lot more. And so there was a shift in there. And, it, and, and that process forced me to have to talk about religion because I wanted to understand it. And fortunately, I was surrounded by some pretty intellectual people who didn't just uh, default to the the rote uh, routine recitations that are required when you go to church, you know, stand up, sit down, repeat the things, sing the sing the uh, the soulless uh, song, as we said, and then uh, and then go home, right? And eat the wafer and leave. Uh, and then as far as politics, uh, we, we didn't really in, in my in my family, so I was raised by a, a, a cop and a teacher, uh, pretty, I guess you could call them conservative. Uh, they never really talked about that either, but they definitely had opinions that they shared uh, strongly. And um, and so I had just adopted those. And I'll, I'll get into more of that from a professional aspect and some of the psychological uh, concepts and, and, and terminology that we use to describe what that is and how it happens. So I, you know, again, you know, kind of just blindly fumbled along uh, you know, registered myself as a Republican when I turned 18, voted for Bob Dole in my first presidential election. And then uh, and it just kind of stayed that way until very recently, uh, even had threw my hat in the ring. Well, I didn't actually file for office, but I, I endeavored a campaign of sorts for a local state uh, assembly race, but then pulled the plug on that. And then I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm, I'm too much of many parts. And that's part of my part of my clinical journey, too, that I'll share later. And I'm now a uh, registered nonpartisan which doesn't allow me the opportunity to vote in primaries here in Nevada. But, uh, but I'm way more comfortable, way more comfortable not being branded as, as some people have alluded earlier to being one or the other. It's like, no, two thoughts can occupy the same space at the same time. It is possible. Uh, and I found myself more and more being drawn to that. So I just was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm just going to be, you know, me and, uh, whoever wants to put a label on me can put a label on me if they want. And, uh, yeah, there's more to tell, but that's that's essentially the nutshell version of growing up. Okay, cool. All right, and then also joining us from uh, from Dallas, Texas, we've got another guy who I don't think has ever discussed religion ever, ever, ever. Um, and he's gonna. I'm glad you're here because if we're gonna talk about, uh, especially in politics, I mean, our Judeo-Christian values do spill over into into our laws and our politics. So. If we've got the Christian side covered, I'm glad we've got the the Judaism side covered as well. We've got Yehuda Reamer with us, also known as the Pew Pew Jew. And uh, I don't know if this is okay or not for me to say, if it's not, correct me, but happy Hanukkah. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. First off, um, I just came to call you out saying Chips Ahoy is clearly worse than Oreos. Um, that's really the only reason why I stopped in. But now that we're talking religion, now you got now, now you picked my interest. And uh, but yeah, no, I, I just came in really to say like you're wrong. And um, adios. I'll see you. No, uh, but yeah, I. Well, first of all, let me stop you right there. Uh, <laughs> Ebler soft batch, only one to buy. Anything else is wrong. I don't care who you are. End of discussion. Okay, go on. I, you can you can talk trash all you want, but at the end of the day. You can have like one or two chips ahoy cookies and you're good to go. With Oreos, like with Oreos, right? Exactly. With Oreos, they're like crack. Okay, you have one. You can't just eat one. You no. you got to eat the whole freaking package. I'm just calling equally about chips ahoy and Oreo. I can have one or two and I'm good. Well, wait, you, wait, you know, hang on a second. No, and and you heard his defense. Weird Al never sang a song about chips ahoy. That is did, absolutely however, true. Sing a song about what's Oreos. In, what's in the middle? The white stuff. Absolutely. It's true. Y'all skinny true. turds. How do you eat one or two cookies and stop? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, they do have those rainbow colored ones now, too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I didn't know you guys were talking about religion, but uh, let, let me know what you want me to say. I'm, I'm game for anything. Sure. Well, the reason that we're we're getting together tonight or what we're talking about, Yehuda, is um, for so long, so many of us grew up, and not just in our generation, but but for many generations now, um, there's been the, the what's the right word, the caveat that says, uh, don't talk about politics or religion, especially not in a public setting, because that's how fights are started. And so I think as a society... I think that we've said that for so long that now people have lost the ability to actually have a discussion about politics or religion as we've we've already established there there are things that that most people are quite passionate about. Um, I know a few people that that don't care about either, and I know that those folks are out there, but the ones that that do care about religion and or politics, they're usually quite passionate about that, especially if they got told that their view is wrong, heaven forbid. And so what was it like um, growing up like you did uh, in California, right? And then yeah, um, since you've been in Texas too, I mean, is, is that a thing um, in your background being told not to discuss that? Um, I mean, growing up, uh, growing up Jewish, I don't know anybody to even reference that with besides you i guess i mean here, here's the thing i grew up very apolitical and growing up an orthodox jew i mean when you're growing up an orthodox jew you talk about religion because you're you're doing the weekly torah portion right so so whatever th that week is you you learn the bible in school you come home friday night or Sabbath day, you have, we call them Parsha. Parsha is really portion. So we have the questions from the Torah that were given as a little kid to educate us. So we always talked about it. Now, I was very, call it sheltered growing up. So for us, I didn't know any non-Jews. I, I didn't grow up having friends who were non-Jews. All my friends were always Jewish. I mean, even until I really entered the firearms industry, I mean, besides, you know, maybe acquaintances that I worked with, 
I didn't know anything. I didn't know anybody outside of the Jewish faith. At this point, I have conversations with friends all the time about religion. And I just, like, I don't care. Like, you you want to believe in Jesus? Believe in Jesus. That's that's. That's you. I, I'm. I don't. I mean, I believe he was real, but I don't believe he's the son of God, right? And and I get that. Some people think God, that's blasphemy. Some people think because I'll never accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior that I'm going to burn in hell for the rest of my life. And look, no one knows what religion is correct. When we die, we'll find out who was right, who was wrong, who's burning in the hell, who's not. Really, that's what it comes down to to me. So I have no problem talking about religion because I am very secure in my in my belief of Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it is important to be able to talk politics and religion, though. I, I do think it's very important to be able to talk about that because if you can get through a conversation talking about po- politics and religion and still walk away friends with the person with the opposing view, then guess what? Our country would be totally fine. And that's. I think I think you just hit it right on the head there. Uh, exactly why I wanted to have this conversation tonight about having those conversations. Because ultimately, that's what I want for my nation is for people to be able to sit down and talk to each other without, number one, without yelling at each other, getting in each other's face, obviously. But learning how to accept that not everybody thinks like you talks like you acts like you and that's also okay and and once we have that acceptance you know we can find that common ground where you celebrate hanukkah i celebrate christmas and you and i are friends because our friendship is based on more than holiday traditions and and what um what is done when when we go to our worship services respectively and so i think more people need to learn what's actually important when it comes to just being americans uh so as far as that part goes that's that's why we want i wanted to have this conversation with everybody tonight and it's not because i think anybody here in this panel needs to learn something i think everybody in this panel uh, does a great job from what I've seen and heard of having conversations with people that don't think like they do. Uh, but for all of you out there watching, listening, um, maybe it's you, maybe it's somebody you know, but I think if all of us would just decide to to learn how to have these conversations, uh, if we don't know how, then I think it behooves us to learn because I don't know anybody personally in my personal life, my circle of friends, I don't know anybody who doesn't want to see this nation heal. Uh, A lot of people give that lip service. And I know a lot of people out there honestly don't want to heal the nation. They want to uh, drive the wedge in farther and deeper. But, but I, I don't associate with those people personally. I don't know any of them. Everybody I know wishes things were the way they were. Everybody that I know remembers September 12th, 2001 and how there weren't, Christians and Jews and Muslims. There weren't Democrats and Republicans and independents. There were Americans and that was it. And we were one, we were a family. And and I still talk about that to this day because we we've 
you know, in 20 years, we've lost that. Um, there are people voting that weren't alive then and don't remember it. So that's why I wanted to have this conversation. So I'm really not sure. There, there's one topic I want to get to with Lloyd. Um, but before we do that, um, I want to ask Jake a little bit just on on uh, the human condition and, and just being, uh, you know, from the psychological end of things, um, why is it that those two topics get people riled up so much more than, than anything else? I mean, gosh, you can, you can say that 1911 is better than Glock and not get the hailstorm that you can get from a, a political or a religious discussion. Yeah, and Ford versus Chevy, or yeah. uh, you know, any number of things. I mean, right? We love to debate those things, but we're all friends at the end of the day. Versus, I mean, people are losing family members, are ostracizing family because of this stuff. Yeah, and I think uh, it's it's pretty simple from from where I orient as a professional, and I, I learned this through counselor school, where they teach us non-attachment. Now, non-attachment is not uh, nihilism. Uh, non-attachment simply stated is uh you you have your beliefs hopefully you've examined them very closely and you know why you believe what you believe and from there you can be open to new feedback because the idea is that if the if if humans at their core and, and we're gonna i'm just gonna have everybody assume that this is a true statement you don't i mean we could de debate it later but the idea is that we have a psyche we have a soul psyche literally translated in the greek is uh soul in fact psyche was the goddess of the human soul or so goes the legend so we'll just assume that this thing exists. We have a mind, a soul, a psyche. We can use those terms interchangeably and that that thing is divine. It meaning it, it transcends what we can measure and quantify as human beings with our feeble brains and our crude instruments. So if within us, what we have is divine, then the divine, however you describe it or, or determine it to be is infinite in its potential, uh, limitless, if you will. So uh, the interesting thing is that it's limitless for both great and terrible. So if we if we embrace this idea, and this comes from a guy named Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, if you want to read him, he's an incredible, incredible psychiatrist who's uh, long since passed. He died in like 1961, but um, left an indelible mark on the field. Uh, his idea is that if, if we all have this divine creation within us and we have this uh, great potential for for terrible and greatness, then we, we're always growing. We're always learning and developing. Now, here's the counterbalance to that. We can't possibly embrace all that because we would probably go crazy because, again, our feeble human brains cannot conceptualize the infinite, uh, let alone the eternal, something that is, you know, not only has, you know, infinite is like has a starting point and never ends. Eternal is never began and never ends. It always is. And that's kind of the concept of the divine. So what com combats that is something that Jung would call an ego. An ego has gotten a bad rap. Uh, it's, it's neither good nor bad. What it does is it helps to provide a framework, a worldview, if you will, through which we can see things and make sense of them. We can only put our attention in certain uh, quantities you know, throughout the day and throughout our lifetimes. So the idea is that we can't spend so much time focusing on um, a few things, otherwise we miss a lot. But it keeps us from losing our minds by helping us focus. So within that ego, we've got very certain, very comfortable orientations uh, to how the world works. And some of those um, have been pushed into us over time. And this is another term that, that Jung used called introject. And it's I-N-T-R-O, not I-N-T-E-R when you interject into somebody's conversation or something. An introject is an unquestioned belief 
or an assumption about the way the world is. And most of these are pushed into us by um, people, things, uh, culture, whatnot. So it could come from family, neighbors, clergy, educators, media, television, newspapers, books, all, all sorts of things, theater, music. And uh, we hear this stuff and we go, yeah, 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 that seems true. And if it seems true, it aligns and it becomes part of our worldview. Well, here's what happens. And I have, I, I got on my seat to grab some props. I have some markers here. And um, I'd like to, I like to use this, uh, this example, this metaphor, if you will, to, to describe how our beliefs work. So I might have these markers in my hand. And for the listening audience, you may not be seeing this on YouTube. I got five markers here. They're all different colors. They're just dry erase markers I grabbed. And if each one of these represents a belief that I have, and I, I hold them very, very tightly. What I'm essentially doing is I'm struggling to, to separate what I think or what I believe from who I am at my core. If I hold them so tightly that I can't separate myself, then what happens is somebody comes along and says, hey, you know, Jake, I, I don't think that orange marker is working for you anymore. Or maybe I myself realize that orange marker isn't working for me. Now I have to, to reconcile that actual reality with what I previously perceived to be my reality. And something has to give. Either I reject actual reality and I double down on my reality and I get, I get more strongly you know, convicted in my belief. Uh, or I, I learn to integrate the new information and I question my belief. Now here's the thing. If I've tightly wrapped myself to my beliefs and I can't separate what I think from who I am, then what happens is a neurological limbic and limbic points to the, uh, to the, to the, uh, emotional center of our brain. It's kind of in the middle and rear section as I turn my head here for the listener, uh, for the viewing audience. What happens is I get a limbic response to that, that says, look out, you're under attack. And usually we call that fear. And I got a whole series of videos on this. I'm not going to go into emotional function right now, but the idea is that because I can't separate what I think from who I am, if they attack orange marker and we'll say orange marker is um, something I hold very, very tightly to me, like religion or like politics, it seems to me like it's my identity. And that can't be true because I didn't emerge from the womb voting Republican or going to Catholic church. I mean, maybe I did, maybe my parents, you know, moved me that way. But, but again, remember the concept of an introject, it's an unquestioned belief. So if my parents pushed this stuff into me, I never bothered to question it. I was too young. I didn't know. I, you know, I didn't have the information. And then as I get older, it might just be inefficient to question everything I'm taught. And then eventually someday something conflicts with that and I'm forced to reconcile that. So what I advocate with this concept of non-attachment is I can have my beliefs, but if I hold them loosely, I hold them out here. Uh, and again, if you're listening, you can't see my, my uh, pantomiming here. I'm, I'm just open-handedly rolling the markers back and forth. And somebody can come along and say, hey, orange marker isn't really working out so well. And that's new information that, that my frontal lobe, my brain receives and goes, hmm, yeah, you might be right. But if my limbic brain goes, look out, you're under attack, I, I've, got a, I've got a real conflict here. We might call that cognitive dissonance, where the information being given conflicts with the information I've had for a very, very long time, and I'm scared. I'm scared because what my brain is telling me is I'm under attack. And it's not true. I'm not being attacked. It's just what I think. So if I'm holding loosely, I can pull that orange marker out and be like, yeah, you know what? Let's talk about orange marker. And I want to hear what you have to say. I'm humble. I'm curious. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to tap into some of that infinite potential that I have within me that's truly divine. And then maybe later throughout that course of that conversation or series of conversations, I can go, you know what? thanks for that information. I actually now know better why I believe what I believe. And I don't want to abandon that. I'm still going to hold on to it because it serves me well. Sometimes you go, you know what? That's true. I don't like that belief anymore. So this happens frequently with, uh, 
ideologies about uh you know people of a certain skin color for example it's like or hair color for that matter and it's like we don't hang out with those people that look like that and then someday i meet a person who is that person or looks like that or wears that hair color and i go uh-oh this doesn't conflict or this doesn't doesn't align with what i had previously been led to believe now i got a choice do i integrate that new thing in and abandon my previous belief which may threaten my my sense of identity or do I reject it and double down on my identity? So at the end of the day, the, the question you ask is, why do we have these, these sensitive tendencies toward um, religion and politics? Is because those come along with something that I, I refer to as, a, as an I am. When we, t when we speak in terms of hobbies and uh, cookie preferences and beer preferences and car and truck preferences, we usually don't say I am, but sometimes we do, but it's a little lighter. Um, we'll say I am a Chevy driver. I am an Oreo cookie eater. That's fine. <laughs> I am a Catholic. I am a you know Republican, whatever it is. The problem is in our language in English, we only have one version of that, that verb to be, and it sounds very, very permanent. Now, other languages like Spanish, for example, they have multiple uh, versions of the, 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 the verb to be, and one is permanent, one is temporary. So uh, in Spanish, for example, because the only one I know, it, you say uh, the estar, E-S-T-A-R version of the verb to be is temporary. So you say yo estoy, meaning I am, but I'm temporary, I am, uh, enfermo, I am sick, meaning I will be not sick later, I will recover from my illness. But if you say yo soy, which is from the ser, S-E-R version uh, of the verb to be, it's very permanent. It says yo soy hombre, I am a man. That's not really going to change, you know, biologically or whatever um very rare circumstances oh, you, you don't know <laughs> yeah so so uh so we communicate through our language and what it tells the brain is what i'm saying is i am what follows is permanence and this doesn't just happen to politics and religion something else that's very uh very i guess internally controversial or conflictual is when you say i am and then what follows is your career path so you say i am an accountant it's like, well, Bob, Bob, the accountant is Bob, the accountant. Everybody in town knows Bob, the accountant. Well, Bob, the accountant may want to retire at some point and be quote unquote, something else. He doesn't know how to reconcile that because he's only been Bob, the accountant, like his whole life or his whole adult life or whatever. And that's how we get midlife crises when we're entertaining major life changes. Like, I don't know if I want to be a Republican anymore. I don't know if I want to be an accountant anymore. And it sent, it sends a message to the brain that you're under attack. Something's attacking you and it's threatening that concept of the, the self or the identity that you're carrying. So that's why it's so, so sensitive to people is like, when we start talking about this, they go, Whoa, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can handle that. I don't know if I can handle looking deeper into myself and embracing the infinite possibilities that I might not actually be what I was led to believe up to, to now. So as a non psychiatrist or non, excuse me, non smart person in that field, um, that was a whole lot of words. And I think I followed along fairly closely uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, because if I if I understand you right, uh, basically what what you what you're really saying there is, um, first of all, we've we've kind of got uh, an awful lot of people. And I think it sounds like it's just kind of human nature to, um, to to put that association in there between what we think and believe and who we are. Right. I mean, that that seems it sounds like you said that's kind of a natural human thing to do. And. So, so we when we're having identify. conversations, what's that? We want to identify and identification helps navigate the world, right? If I know where I am, then I right. can respond appropriately to things, right? Right. Yeah. Most of us are, are 
especially the male brain. I mean, we're, we want things in boxes orderly and, and yep. we don't want things to be that fluid. Um, so I get that part. So, but the other side of that, that, that I heard is that when we are having conversations with people and, and, you know, they may be coming unglued because we're questioning them and questioning what they're saying, questioning their beliefs. It's because uh, whether we mean to or not, they're feeling attacked at, at an right. inner level. And it's not just what they say or or what they think that is under attack, but their very being is, right. is feeling attacked. Is that what's happening? Right. Their very existence. And so it's and what I teach my my students and my interns, what I was taught from a wonderful man who's a great friend and a mentor, Christian Conti. He's got a great book called Yield Us, uh, called Walking Through Anger. It's about uh, his concept of yield theory. And you can pick this up for about 18 bucks on on Amazon. Thanks, guy that comments. Um, <laughs> listening to make, Jake makes me feel like an intellectual. Listening to um, Jake makes me feel like a non-intellectual guy that comments, just for the record. Um, but uh uh, walking through anger is about 18 bucks on Amazon. Pick it up. It's really, really good. But what he taught me and what I teach my students is that we as communicators, whatever we're communicating, whatever opinions we may have about whatever topics may be, we have to watch our audience. And if they're starting to get bristly, it's our incumbent responsibility to to back off and go, you know what, maybe my friendship with you is, is, is worth more than this. I don't, I don't need to sit here and browbeat Yehuda about, you know, Jesus is, is the savior and, you know, God incarnate and all that. Um, it's more worth it to me to to maintain that friendship than to maintain my own rigidity. Because if I stay rigid long enough, um, I might develop something we might call a personality disorder, where it's this long-standing pattern of bad behavior that pushes people away. I might end up really, really lonely at the end of the day because I'm so rigid that I need everybody to cater to me and my worldview. That I've just I'm, I'm left with no friends, you know, no authentic, meaningful, deep relationship. So uh, our job, especially as clinicians, is to monitor that transaction between, you know, uh, counselor and patient and say, you know, I, I know that you hired me, uh, Mr. Patient, who's in my, you know, sitting on my couch or whatever, uh, to, to challenge you, but it looks like I'm challenging you a little too much in ways that I probably didn't predict. I need to back off, maybe, maybe even apologize and redirect because I want to maintain that relationship so that the person heals, not so I can like push my, my, my theory or my message or, or whatever I'm trying to push in the counseling session. And, and by the way, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm a marriage and family therapist by trade, uh, graduate level, not a doctor level, but, um, you know, that's just an ethical thing I have to, I have to point out. <laughs> All right. All right. Good, good enough. Um, okay. So on the, on the topic of just speaking in general, having conversations that are, that are politically charged, um, does anybody have anything that that you want to throw out there? Because I want to I want to shift gears before we we run out of time tonight and have some time to to discuss a, a religious thing too. Um, but before we go there, do, does anybody else have anything that you wanted to uh, bring up at this point? All right, Lloyd cool. hasn't had me on the show in four years, and it hurts my feelings. Wow. <laughs> So now we got to rectify that so we can review that, that book has no words in it. Do you think it's that obvious <laughs> reason that you came from California? No, 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 no. Say he's, that again? He, he's a Texan. I, I have adopted him. He's fine. Okay. Yeah, All right. I was just yeah, wondering yeah. If, if it was for that, yeah. you know, that one obvious glaring reason that no, you were no. born a Californian. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Lloyd, look, honestly, Lloyd was actually one of the first people when my, my book came out, my, my first book. Uh, he was literally one of the first people 
to not only kind of take me under his wing, but have me on this show and actually really give me an audience uh, with safety on. So I just am giving him a hard time, but I'm forever grateful to him. Oh, I, I expected such a thing. I, I know that uh, I, I don't expect anybody that's in this panel would, would honestly uh, come on just to whine and complain about stupid he is right, though. Oreo cookies. I do know how to, crap, need to have him on the whatever. show, and we do need to go to the range. We do. We do. It's been a long time. We need. I need to get to Texas and, and actually have time to, to goof around and not just not just be there for a couple of days and leave again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, cool. All right. So um, with with that being said, I, there was one thing that I wanted to one thing that I wanted to ask. And now I can't remember what it was because that's how my brain works. We, we I get off uh, off topic very easily. I can I can bail you out, John, if you want. I want, I want to make a, a quick point that okay, um, go ahead. big words again, Jake. <laughs> yeah remember uh, that that uh, <laughs> most of us um well no i shouldn't say most of us we've got people out there that are marines so just remember that when you're using those big words crayons <laughs> sorry like, it's i had to crayons. i don't know um so we, we we were taught in school and then in in practice as we become you know junior clinicians and then uh, fully licensed clinicians hopefully we continue learning but we're taught uh to be courageous when dealing with these quote-unquote sensitive subjects as they say in school so that those sensitive subjects are things like sexual uh performance sexual orientation finances uh, things you don't talk about in public spheres right at the at the checkout line at the grocery store politics and religion are some of those and we're we're taught to handle them well everybody can learn this that's the that's the cool thing that's why i recommend conti's book because if you, if you learn yield theory you learn to meet people where they are you learn to to take a one down position rather than a one up position, like you're you're going to browbeat them or thump them across the head and shoulders with your ideology, then you become a better listener. Your relationships become more enriched and authentic. Um, but one thing that I'm doing with uh, I'm going to give a plug for Walk the Talk here uh, with Walk the Talk America is we're trying to educate practitioners, my people, clinicians of all si uh, shapes and sizes, uh, you know, physicians to graduate level to just, you know, uh, frontline interventionists who have high school degrees or whatever. We, we're trying to acculturate them to firearms culture because that is a sensitive subject. And that shouldn't be a sensitive, sensitive subject when half of America either lives with a gun or, you know, uh, owns one themselves. So we're, we're, our job is to educate and train up the, the clinical community to handle the conversation about firearms and suicide. Suicide is one of those sensitive subjects, but if you've got two sensitive subjects there, like I'm thinking about self-death because of my finances, it's like, woo, I better be good at both of those, right? And uh, and then you, you wrap in the, the how do you want to kill yourself? It's, well, I want to use my own firearms. Like, well, we better be competent in what that means as well. So so that's, that's a big part of what we're trying to do is train up our practitioners to handle yet another sensitive subject, which is gun ownership. And then the flip side of that coin is to demystify counseling altogether for gun owners so they can get help and not take their own lives. So yeah. um, the point is that it's not some magic wand. It's not a woo woo thing. It's not something behind the curtain with the guy pulling levers that you can't see. I'm trying to teach everybody how to do this. And um, I'm happy to, to help people in their vocabulary, in their language, in their conversations, in their approach style uh, to enrich their own worlds uh this is this is never more critical than with our spouses and significant others and children so that we don't come off as condescending or or judgmental uh, and then shut people down 
because we have to be right. You know, it's like that old saying, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Okay, three things, and I hopefully won't forget any of them. Real quick, Gunpowder just said, uh, dang, so no throat punches. Um, you know what? I'm going to put that throat punch thing to bed right now, Gunpowder. Be nice until it's time not to be nice. We'll just leave it there. We're not going to say never. Never say never on the throat punch. Um, I want to take just a, a couple seconds here, too, to, to just also plug walk to talk America. Um, I really liked what you said. I think it was the last video that, that you had dropped. Um, and, and I love it. I want to encourage you and Mike to keep those coming because when I watch those and, and listen to those, um, I learn things th from the, the non-gun owner stand, you know, the, 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 the psychological world standpoint. Uh, and I liked what you said. I think it was in the most recent one where as you start talking to to people in the field you uh you find a lot of them don't even realize if they ask somebody whether or not they own firearms they don't even realize how defensive the firearm owner is is apt to be because they don't know the the war that is being waged on the ownership rights uh to said firearms so i like when you you and mike make those videos because it, it helps me understand the people that don't understand me. And, and I think that goes a long ways too. Um, but I'm a guy that, that I want to know what makes people tick. I want to know, I don't, I care what you think, but I also care why you think it. And, and that goes for everybody, whether they're anti-gun or, um, you know, they, they worship Kali and, and all of the, the myriad Hindu gods. I, you know, I want to know where they're coming from. That's all. And so I, I like that. So please keep those coming. And then the other thing that I, the, the thought that I lost, um, I want to, again, just applaud, and, and I'm not meaning to applaud myself, but I'm part of the group. Uh, I want to applaud just gun owners in general, the, the Second Amendment community in general, because again, we've said this time and again, but it, it's so true. And I think that, you know, as we get new new firearm owners or people that are thinking about becoming a new firearm owner, I think it, it behooves us to keep mentioning this little fact that this is a community that is so welcoming. And, and I know there's always going to be those, you know, the old guy wearing flannel and only cares about, you know, yes, it's Jake. <laughs> Jake's the old guy wearing flannel. Um, but there's always going to be that group that thinks they're the gatekeepers, right? And, you know, if, if you're not part of Ducks Unlimited, then you don't matter. And if, you know, if, if you don't look and act and act and, and talk like they do, then they don't want any part of you. I understand those people are there. But as a rule, the the vocal majority of the gun owning and, and pro two-way, pro-freedom crowd, we want everybody. We don't care who you worship, if you worship. We don't care um, where you came from, what country you started out in, what state you started out in. We only care that you care about freedom as much as we do. And, and that's really what it comes down to. And if we see that, then it doesn't matter if you're Christian or Orthodox Jew or Muslim. We've got Muslims that are very well known and well spoken in our community that, you know, when, when I think of the anytime there's a big national rally, or uh, GRPC or some event like that. I mean, just the the who's who of speakers. Um, you know, I mean, there there's really, I I don't know that there's there's any group of people that's 
that's not represented in some way, shape or form, whether it's sexual orientation or, or, um, their, their gender preferences, their, their religion, whether or not they, you know, they like to hunt or, or shoot competition or just own because they can, um, or because they want to be prepared for the government getting tyrannical. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, we've got some of everybody here and we want more of everybody to be here. So I'm proud to be part of the community that does welcome people with open arms and, and we don't care who you are, as long as you're going to be uh, responsibly armed, that's really all most of us care about. So, so I like that part. Okay. I want to switch gears um, and, uh, and get into one topic and we're not going to go into a whole lot of, of religious talk just because it's not because, I'm worried about the polarization. It's because if we open that can of worms, it's going to take us most of a week and we don't have that kind of time. And so rather than, than pick a topic and not do it justice, uh, we may or may not get into something on specific topics later on uh, in the future. But for right now, I do want to just bring up, because I know a lot of people out there, and they may not all be Christian, excuse me, and, and they may not even be um, they may not have a faith or a religion. I like the word faith. I don't like religion because I don't like to be bound up to anything, which is religion is bondage. Literally we means it. Uh, so I like, I like to say faith. That's just me. That's a thing about me that you guys know now. Um, but there are a lot of people of, of one faith or another who they, they own a firearm or they've thought about owning a firearm or they've thought I'll never own a firearm because the the bible says thou shalt not kill is is the the i say misnomer a lot of people think that that's the what the commandment says is thou shalt not kill and then we we say that we're christians we we take christ's name except for yehuda does not say that um but so many of us do or or even the orthodox jews who also um I mean, it was it was the uh, it was the Jewish people for whom the the tablets were carved on the mountain, right? Um, and so, a lot of people in their mind they have a hard time reconciling the the commandments. Hold on, we'll get there. Hold on, uh, with, <laughs> you're killing me. You're killing me. I know, I know. I can see you. you for those of you that can't see this, uh, see us on your screen, the Yehuda's about peeing himself to get to this <laughs> question, and I'm kind of dragging this out just because I, I have fun watching him squirm there you know a lot of people have a hard time reconciling the the thou shalt not kill aspect with with firearms and self-defense and those of us that are willing to take a life in order to preserve ours or or our family or those who are with us so lloyd i've heard you talk about this before and i want to give you your spot but yehuda is gonna i think talk over us anyway if i don't let him go so no go ahead yehuda so, so that's a question that I'm asked a ton. Um, if you look at the original Hebrew, right, from the Old Testament, mm -hmm. nowhere, nowhere in the Old Testament does it ever say, thou shall not kill. Nowhere. Not one place. The original word in the Ten Commandments in Hebrew is lo tirzah. Tirzach is translated to murder. Mm -hmm. So that said, thou shall not murder. Not thou shall not kill. 
it actually states in the Old Testament that if someone comes to kill you, you are allowed to kill them first. So wouldn't that be contradicting the actual Ten Commandments? If on one hand it says, thou shalt not kill, but on a couple chapters later it says, yeah, if someone comes to kill you, you can kill them? Yeah, exactly. Right. So so a very common, common mistake that – and I see this more in the Christian world versus the Jewish world um, – is that th- th- nowhere in the Bible does it say, thou shall not kill. And I mm-hmm. challenge anyone to translate the Ten Commandments as thou shall not kill. Because it's, it's James. Well, so so okay, so you can right, you can say the King James Bible does translate it to "Thou shall not kill," but the actual, but but the actual Hebrew word "tirtzach" in the Ten Commandments actually translates to murder. So, if you understand it that way, then how can you go and kill a cow? Right? How can you hunt? The Bible says, "Thou shalt not kill." Hmm. Doesn't spe- it doesn't specify what you can't kill? It just says you can't kill. So how do you reconcile that with going hunting? Well, with, with eating a steak. So herein lies the problem, as far as I'm concerned. We, I, I first off, I consider myself a Christian. I am a religious person. However, so many different. Very, so interpretations have been made of the original, what we think is the original text and everything, that people have kind of taken it to fit their own religion, that sort of thing. It, it, there's there's so many things that have been changed to fit different religion scenarios that it, it, it's kind of hard to go to, to get everybody on the same page, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But my, my point, and I agree with you, but my point is the original text. Going right. back, we're talking about the original, original text that God carved out in the Ten Commandments and gave to Moses at Mount Sinai. The word is tirtzah, which translates to murder. Mm-hmm. So anyone else down the line and, and whatever religion is using it, the, the Ten Commandments as a blueprint, if you're changing the translation from murder to kill, then you are you, you are in essence going against God's word. At least again, according to Judaism Judaism's belief, right? Like you're sure. going against what God said because God said no one said that you can't kill. Well, in and, and if if that was the case, I find it very hard to believe that uh, that God would have sent David to to take down Goliath, since right. David was operating on God's own authority, and and I mean God gave him the abilities and and blessed him to to throw that rock, well sling that rock I should say. Um, right, but but John, but you can you can go through the entire Bible from the day the Jews got the the Ten Commandments until forget the Jews until the world was introduced to the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. right you have the battles of Joshua you have mm-hmm. all of the prophets uh, not the, you know the, the prophets and judges and I mean Judaism comes from a fierce and I talk about this extensively Judaism really has a history of a fierce warrior um, uh, mindset if you will right a heritage yeah. so like how are, are you saying that Joshua, Gidon, 
uh, Samson, all of these people went against God's word, but yet God made them prophets. Like, right. and, and, and like, it doesn't mm-hmm. fit. It doesn't fit with any narrative. So really, if you think about it, the only real way to translate the ten, that, that one line of the Ten Commandments is thou shall not murder. And, and, and I, I 100% way, this, agree this with is that. This a great example of my, uh, like in real time, of my my marker analogy, where mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people on the screen, a bunch of people listening, who are entertaining new information that maybe they didn't uh, know before, and mm-hmm. are trying to wrestle with it to make it make sense with whatever worldview they brought into the conversation. That's exactly what I mean about holding beliefs loosely. Now, for me, that this one's easy because that was the belief I brought in was exactly what Yehuda said, and I I think that uh, from what I've heard you say on on other podcasts before, Lloyd, I, I think that you're gonna probably not have a whole lot of anything different to say. Uh, but when people ask you about this, especially you know, especially since with the Armed Lutheran podcast, I mean, obviously you you uh, you don't hide from from your Lutheran faith, and uh, and people I'm sure have questions about both the armed and the Lutheran part. Yep. So, so how do you answer that uh, when people ask you? Well, my answer is the same as Yehuda's, but the, and, and that, that very question is what drove me to do what I do. I mean, when, when I first became a gun owner, um, I was a Christian and I was at the, uh, kind of torn thinking, okay, the Bible says this, but I've got this gun in the closet that I, I bought to protect myself and my family. Is this really something that as a Christian I should be doing? So I started reading and I started paying more attention to what the Bible actually says. Um, I started blogging about it in 2012. I started the podcast in 2016. I have a strategically placed book right back here that is excellent for anyone who is is dealing with those questions. Um, Ooh, even bigger. Nice. Um, Duty to defend was uh, the end result of, of all of this. It's for, because one of the things that we did, we started doing in the podcast was we would, we would find these arguments about gun rights and gun control from leftist Christians trying to use the words of the Bible to um, support their positions, their political positions. And that's really a bad idea because if you're not, if you don't really know what you're talking about, you can take the Bible and you can really get it to support pretty much anything. So what I wanted to do was to try to give people information about, well, does it really say that? Is that really what it means? When, when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, does he really mean I should have let the, the home invader kick the door in and rape my wife? Or does it mean I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't take revenge? It doesn't say any, the Bible says nothing about self-defense or prohibition against it. Um, and the, all too often what we, what we see is politics is really more important to some people than their, than religion. And they tend to sprinkle Jesus on their politics to make it support what they already want it to say and so what what we did uh two years ago i guess it's been two years now um i put together this book with articles from um pastors from all over the country 
Orthodox conservative Lutheran pastors from all over the country. And I gave them verses and I said, all right, here's a verse that we've seen misused in the gun rights debate. Some of them even misused on the pro gun side. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, put this in context and explain why this isn't correct. And so if you want to find out, if you want a, a primer on how to defend God's word against those arguments, if you want to understand yourself, what those verses really mean, I'm, it's, it's a bad plug. I know, but it's, I, no, it's something that, it's something we really wanted to do. Uh, it's something that we had kind of the, the whole idea behind the podcast for for years was to provide people that kind of information. Very cool. So, do you have a link that people can get to that that book? And if you put that in the uh, private chat, there, I'll put it up on the screen. Oh, for, absolutely. Or yep. in the comments for everybody. Well, and on the screen, I guess. It's armedlutheran.us/duty. D-U-T-Y. Do not duty. <laughs> he said Sorry. duty 42 years old the poop joke still makes me laugh i am what i am 52 and they still yeah <laughs> all right that, um, will take, that will take you straight to um straight to the shop at uh um that amazon you can get it kindle i i don't like the kindle format because it screws things up get the paperback what did you tell me that was armed lutheran armed lutheran.us forward slash d-u-t-y duty and we called it we we called it duty to defend because as christians we have a duty to defend god's word from those who misuse it and and we also as as christian gun owners as gun owners we have a duty to defend the lives that god has given us you know and honestly i mean those of us who are in this panel and i'm guessing probably a good 90 percent or more of the people who watch and listen to this podcast um have self-defense in mind at least at some level uh so this is stuff that whether whether you are uh defending your rights to self-defense to somebody uh in a political aspect or a religious aspect or both i mean they they do spill over right and if we know how to talk to people about politics, we, if we know how to talk to people about religion, uh, first and foremost, I mean, have a discussion, but don't think you're going to convert on either topic, right? I mean, understand that going in. If, if you're having a discussion where each wants to learn why the other says, thinks, feels that way, great. If you're having a discussion to talk at somebody and not to somebody, then don't bother. You're you're not going to do any good. You're just going to make the rest of us look even worse. And and I mean, we we can I can do bad all by myself. I don't need help. So that's the key when talking politics and religion. It's it's we've told ourselves we shouldn't do it. We, over the years, that's the old trope. You don't talk because you're you're going to lose friends. Mm -hmm. The trick is to figure out how to do it in a way that's respectful that doesn't mm -hmm. drive people away. If yeah, you see if you see it triggers people, like Jake was talking about, then back off and move on. And at the if, end of the day, if there's I mean, an opportunity for you to to teach and to or to learn from from the the person who disagrees with you, and maybe to inform them, that's where you move forward. But you got to be careful. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's going to happen. You're going to 
find out that there are things that you you're not going to budge on you're not going to back off enough to salvage that friendship and if you find yourself feeling like you need to compromise what you believe in order to keep a friend you need to reevaluate the value of that friendship and really find out what's what's more important to you at the end of the day but again that comes back to just knowing yourself which i think a lot of people a lot of people don't know themselves they don't know why they they say what they say they don't know how they feel because they don't know why they they think what they think let alone feel how they feel and that and i like to separate the two one of my pet peeves is when people always say i feel like well no you don't feel like that you think that there's a there's a huge difference uh feelings are involuntary thoughts are are voluntary um you can work with those um and so um <laughs> Hey, I got a nod from from the Amir may not know a guy who has a video on that exact topic. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, so so yeah, keep keep that in mind, guys, as you're out there having conversations. Uh, we want to bring more people into the fold, but there there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Um, and and you have to find that balance. I mean, obviously, we've all heard you'll catch more flies with honey than vinegar. If if you can be sweet to people, then you're more likely to to uh, have them entertain you and, and give you an audience and have that conversation. But you can't, you can't compromise who you are or where you're coming from either. You've got to know, you've got to know who you are and where you're coming from first before you can share that with any effect to, with anybody else. So uh, everything comes back to think, think for yourself, think critically, ask questions, find the answers if you can. I know it's hard and if you're lazy, that's not something that that's fun always, but uh, it's the only way that this works. So uh, somebody asked me here a while back uh, why I'm always so adamant about about healing our nation, um, because I I think that uh, that first of all, I don't think this nation is as battered and bruised as a lot of people want to portray us. I think as Americans, we all get along with each other pretty well for the most part. It's it's kind of like, you know, how many millions of planes land safely every day? Uh, they don't make the news unless they crash, right? We don't hear about conversations unless uh, arguments turn into fights. And so when people talk to each other and, you know, you see people of different ethnicities, different religions, different sexual orientations, uh, going out in a, in a crowd and having a good time and, you know, eating supper together after Amcon at, at the hotel in Dallas, uh, which was a cool experience. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where that, to me, that's America. And that's what being American is. You know, I'm sitting next to uh, Chris Cheng, who, other than our 2A beliefs, Chris and I, I don't think, have a whole lot of other real common ground besides the fact that he's unwilling to condemn somebody simply for thinking differently than him, and so am I. And so uh, I'd call him a friend um, and I hope he feels the same way about me, uh, which was really cool though. I mean, I got his autograph too. because He's a cool guy and he's famous and, and uh, he's, he's right up there with that, uh, um, that guy that wrote that book safety on uh, also a really cool, famous guy. And I met him at the same spot. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he likes Oreos better than soft batch. So, I mean, you can't trust everything he says. I will um, throw down any day. Hey, <laughs> he's right. And also in response to something that uh, Jake said earlier, 
<laughs> you know, I um I I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> I honestly used to be a huge like I I would uh, you know have those conversations back when I was a kid about you know I loved Fords and all that and and uh, it's gotten to the point now where if it starts every time I get in it and uh, I don't have to put a ton of money into it to keep it running and I can afford to fuel it. I like it, especially if it was built here in the States, that's even better. Um, I kind of feel that way about firearms, although I've got several imported ones as well. Um, still wait. Can anybody help me uh, set me straight on this? If I, if I buy a gun made in Turkey, does any of the government money go to ISIS? Because I really want to find out that's hooey because there's so many cool things that come out of Turkey and I won't buy them. Um, so if anybody knows, comment or email me. Um, drop a comment down after the fact in the comment section or in the live chat, whatever. I want to know, but I want uh, I want references. I want some proof. Don't just tell me uh, yay or nay. I want to I want to see for myself and, and see your research. But because uh, I right I want to know if that yeah I mean. Not everybody feels like me, and I don't expect everybody to feel like me. I don't like Springfield Armory either because of the way that they uh, screwed people in Illinois. And they make some really cool, solid-looking stuff that looks like it's high quality, and I wish I could like it, but I can't like it because of uh, who makes it. So that's just me. We're, we can talk about all of our pet peeves and the companies we like and don't like some night that's that's not tonight. So we've got about 10 minutes left before the bottom of the hour. So let's... Uh, Let's go ahead and we'll give everybody a chance to wrap things up. Any shameless plugs that people want to throw out there. Um, and then, uh, then we'll kind of, we'll kind of be done here. So, uh, we will let our guests have the floor first. Yehuda, you were last in, so you get to be the first one up on the way out. Any final thoughts on, on any of this? And then, uh, where can people find you and the things that you have to say? Um, yeah, I mean, final thought to me is, you know, uh, something that I, I've, I've talked about with like Maj Teray and, and Kevin Dixie. Um, if you want to educate people and have conversations with them, whether it's political, whether it's about religion, whether it's about, you know, any topic, doesn't make a difference, but you, you want them to listen to you. The most important thing to do is check your ego at the door. And it's something that not a lot of people in our industry talk about because we are in an industry that is so saturated with this alpha male bravado, uh, egotistical, you know, whatever, that you try to have a conversation with someone and they think that they're God's gift to the human race. And I think that if you can walk into a room and check your ego at the door, then you can actually do a lot more good for the country. So that's my final thought. And people can find me across social media at the Pew Pew Jew, uh, the Pew Pew Jew.com. Um, if you're not too cheap and you want to get signed copies of my books, uh, definitely go there. If you are too cheap, then go to Amazon. Is it the Pew Pew Jew.com? The Pew Pew Jew. Yes. All right, we'll throw that up there on the screen and in the comments so everybody gets a chance to uh, to see that and find it in the comments there. And if, you, uh, if you're if you watching this on, 
on YouTube. Uh, I should have this set to replay the live chat, so you can get to these comments that way too, and uh, and see them. All right. And then uh, Squib had dropped out, but he's back. Uh, any final thoughts that you want to uh, throw out there, Squib? Uh, let's see. StreamYard is prejudice against mobile devices. And uh, it's probably good that my phone over. Hmm? I, I agree. It is. Oh, oh. you don't have to. Uh, all you guys are there on your laptops, just sitting at home, enjoying your lattes. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, it's probably it's probably good that my phone overheated three times and, and dropped out because I usually don't have much to add to conversations like this because I didn't hear the entire conversation. I can't objectively say that this was one of those conversations where we talk about the strategy to convert people. Uh, but I will say I, I, off to the side there or not directly about this, but when there are conversations about trying to get people to understand or trying to stop the division or tr just other things along those lines. Uh, usually the underlying theme is how do we get them on our side? How do we convert them and stuff like that? And I just don't fit in well with that sort of thing because I ain't trying to convert nobody. Um, I've learned that it's a lot easier to walk away from something uh, when you have these, not from something, from some of these conversations because it's like trying to talk to a wall. Uh, but I will say this, if you always walk away, then they're going to think that they're right and you don't have a right. And that's usually at the point where I turn around. You don't want me to turn around. It's not <laughs> going to be good. When I have somebody troll one of my videos, I'm not t talking about making a negative comment. I'm talking about making an ignorant comment or somebody that wants to come at me. I might just step back and go, man, I ain't got the time for this or I'm not getting anywhere with this. And there's other times where I was like, no, I'm not letting them get away with that. Sometimes it's a bad judgment call to stand up for yourself. It really is because it could cost you more in the long run. Uh, and other times, no, no. And it, it's it's not some some sort of alpha male behavior either. It's just being a, being a man, it's standing up for yourself, it's being a patriot, being an American, being a hardworking kind of person. I don't give a crap if you're the same religion as me or orientation as me or gender as me or political party as me or any of that. I, I, I judge people off of their character. But some of those things are my initial identifiers to, to uh, judge, you know, start judging your character on. And I've been pleasantly surprised by some people who I thought were going to be one way and weren't. But I just I'm not I'm not here to convert anybody. You you make up your own mind what you want to do. That's all. Absolutely. And uh, and yeah, the, the thing is, I mean, if if we're if we're trying to convert people, I think we've already sat down to have the wrong conversation most of the time. Ninety nine out of 100 times for sure. But at the very least, if if people can just have a conversation and realize that, uh, you know, hey, Lloyd feels this way and, and uh, you know, thinks this because of because of this. Uh, and it's the opposite of the way that I, you know, come at that same subject. But you know what? He's a pretty good guy and he's doing, you know, a lot of work to to help us uh, retain and regain our freedoms, you know, as Americans and as, as firearm owners. And, uh, and I'm okay with him because, you know, ultimately we're still on the same team and, you know, we, we, uh, we're working toward the same ultimate goal. And, uh, that's, you know, again, I think most of us value that 
more than anything. But even if you weren't, if if you were best friends with Shannon Watts, Lloyd, and you and I had a con, I know, right? But <laughs> perish the thought. Um, if if Shannon Watts bestie sat down in this uh, panel tonight and wanted to tell us all the reasons why we should not own firearms and and they should be banned and and taken away from people. Um, but if that person also explained where they're coming from, why he or she feels and and thinks that way, and the reasoning behind their position, they're not going to convince us, right? And we're not going to convince that person to change his or her mind. But I can at least respect that person for for having their own beliefs, having come to their own conclusions, and they're doing what they think is right the same as we are. We don't agree on what's right, but but they're they're coming at it from a pure uh, a pure-hearted position, no agenda behind it besides they think that they're the ones that are doing doing the right thing. And if that's the case, then again, I can respect them as an American, I respect that they have a right to a, an opinion that's different than mine and they have a right to to say it and you know what? We'll see We'll see how the voters feel about it when it comes time to put uh, elected officials into office or, you know, things on ballot initiatives, things like that. I mean, we'll see which one of us is is more compelling in in our arguments, I guess. It's going to come down to that. Uh, the, the republic was designed that not everybody gets what they want every time, right? But ultimately, if we're judging everything against the document upon which we, we were founded as a nation, then... Um, as long as as long as laws follow that, like them or not, I'll abide by them. Uh, a lot of them right now don't. I don't think follow that, and I still have to abide by them right now. So, but we're we're working on on changing that. But uh, Squib, thanks for being I... here. And, and I know that uh, I know that Streamyard doesn't like mobile devices, but it, it it really likes my format and lets me do the things I want to do. And since I paid for it, I'm using it. Um, Lloyd, what were you going to say? You know what? Uh, you're up next anyway, so go okay, ahead. cool. Well, to follow up on what you were saying there, let's say uh, we sit down with Shannon Watts. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> the trick is not to if you're going to have those conversations with, like you were saying, you're not going to convince that person. You, you've got the diehard true believer, you're not going to convince them, they're not going to convince you. It's still worth having the conversation like you're saying as long as it's respectful because you're not trying to convince that person you're trying to convince the people who hear the conversation mm -hmm. you're trying to convince the people who wander in on your on your twitter conversation or your or your mm -hmm. comments on on social media and if they see you you know reducing yourself to the level that we see some people on both sides of the aisle doing and going to ad hominem attacks and calling people names and, and making silly claims about each other. If you can avoid that kind of bombast and you can have respectful conversations, even if the other person can't, then I think it makes a better, it makes a, a, an impression to those who may be on the fence and maybe haven't yet formed a, an opinion about guns or gun rights or gun control. And if they see, a reasoned opinion, you may be the first person that they've heard make a reasoned argument for gun rights. So if you blow it by letting your ego get in the way and calling people names, then you've, you've lost an opportunity 
to convince oh, yeah. people. Absolutely. And the, thing, the things I say about you tell the world way more about me than they tell the world about you. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, uh, to wrap up, I, I guess that's, you know, don't shy away from the conversations. Um, don't go out trying to convert people. Um, I've never been crazy about, uh, you know, the, the, the Christian folks who want to go out and sell you Jesus. I, I would rather convince people based on how I live and the things that I say. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think you approach that, you approach gun rights the same way. Um, you know, you may be the first gun owner that somebody meets or knows and, oh, you're not that scary three-headed monster that the media tells us you are. And so you just live your life and, 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 and convert people by example. Yeah. Um, if you want to find uh, more about, uh, you know, the, the Christian ethical uh, discussion about gun rights and gun ownership, check out Armed Lutheran Radio at um, armedlutheran.us. Um, it's not, you don't have to be Lutheran, by the way. Uh, just be a Christian with an open mind or just a gun owner with an open mind. Um, we talk a, a lot about uh, guns, hunting, as I, I say every week, guns, hunting, competitive shooting, the natural right of self-defense and what God's word says about the issues surrounding gun rights and gun ownership. And that's what the show's about. Uh, come check us out. You can find us on all the social medias except Twitter. I hate Twitter. Um, <laughs> so look for us pretty much anywhere else. There you go. And if you want to find duty to defend armedlutheran.us slash duty D U T Y not a poop joke. <laughs> All right. I thought I had to throw that in there. Thank you. Uh, very, very cool. And, and for the record, my wife was, uh, was raised in the Catholic church, but she's got a Catholic parent and a Lutheran parent. And I was uh, raised in a, a non-denominational community church. Uh, so uh, we've got a, a great hodgepodge of, all kinds of Christian denominations in our house. It's it's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and yeah, if, if a, if a Catholic and a Lutheran can overlook their uh, religious discrepancies enough to, to fall in love and get married and have two kids, there you then go. anybody can <laughs> fall in love and get married and have two kids. Right. So yep. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. Yep. Yep. That's right. And, uh, yeah, one day, I think Yehuda's right. One day we're all going to find out uh, who was right and who was wrong. And, and gosh, I hope I'm not on the wrong side. That's all I have to say. Um, one of my, here's a, here's a personal thing about me too. One of my biggest fears uh, with my faith is that people will meet me and be talking to somebody else and, and find out I'm a Christian and be like, really that guy? Like, I don't want people to be, uh, to, to just not believe it. Like, I hope I, I at least live my life in such a way that it's not a it's not hard to believe that that i i do claim his name so anyway um jake we will give you a chance to uh, wrap things up and then where can people find what you have to say so uh catholic a catholic a lutheran a couple of evangelicals and a jew walk into a podcast and god says what is this a joke yeah really we, were anyway. the, we, we didn't have a token atheist or Muslim to my knowledge. So no, <laughs> but it makes the joke better if we do next time. Um, I'll, I'll do my best to get affirmative action going here. 
So uh, I did buy Lloyd's book just now. I, I managed to click over and uh, I'm excited to read that. So thanks for offering. Um, and speaking of salesmanship, I, I, I'm a firm believer that the truth neither needs defense nor sales. Uh, I think it just resonates and penetrates and rests with people. And if you speak it humbly, then people will listen. And I'm really glad, Lloyd, that you touched on that point because I was going to make it too about the social media interactions. Um, the the pe- I, I always try to remind myself as frequently as possible, I'm not writing to the person who's posting or with whom I'm engaging. I'm writing to ostensibly 8 billion people who could potentially access that at some point in the future because the internet is written in ink. So um, I try to keep that in mind. And I, I think one of the, the problems that we have these days is that to have a conversation like this over an hour and a half is pretty much impossible on social media platforms because it's text driven and it's based on statements, not conversations so you're stating what you want people to hear rather than listening and that leads me to i guess the bow that i'm going to put on this which is it's a it's a quote attributed to stephen covey it says uh seek first to understand uh then to be understood but really it dates back much much older than that it was actually in proverbs uh where we're taught to uh find wisdom first and and we do that by seeking to understand so um, it's been around for a very, very long time, and and that takes the the ego setting aside, like you had mentioned, which I I referenced earlier about you know dissolving your ego and letting your true divine self come forward. And that true divine self isn't going to have an agenda; it's it's going to just be present. And if it's if it's present uh, in a in a peaceful, calm, welcoming, yielding, deferential way, people are going to probably listen to it because it's it's open and inviting and and attractive. So. Um, how you can find me, uh, zephyrwellness.org is the, the website for my company. And, um, I'm going to post a link here. You can repost it to our emotional functioning videos. I say they're ours. It's me. It's, I'm, it's one guy in the video, but, but I think they're really good. And I think it's a great foundation for people if they want to learn more about this stuff, about how the brain works, what I was talking about. It just links to the YouTube channel, but there's a series on, on what our emotions teach us. So, um, walk the talk America, WTTA.org slash love is the direct link to get a free and anonymous mental health screening check in on yourself you know be self-aware and um i just appreciate the conversation i appreciate any time i get to share this stuff i'm humbled and i'm honored i've you know as a lifelong gun owner but i wasn't really part of the gun community until i joined up with wtta in 2019 when i met mike and um, ever since then everybody that i've met with very 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 few innumerable on one hand exceptions have welcomed me in with open arms, um, taught me all that they need to know. It's very, very, um, you know, it's just open and very diverse and humble. And there's really nothing proprietary about the information, which I really enjoy because I love learning. And um, everybody on here has has contributed something to my life and I just continue to grow. So I wish that of everybody else. And um, I hope we all just continue to grow together and uh, humility and love for one another. Cause I do want to see this place heal. Um, it's why I do what I do. It's why I do things like this. I try really hard not to keep track of the money too much, except to pay the bills. Cause if I can work myself out of a job, uh, and live in a healthy community, I'll gladly do anything else to, to pay the mortgage, you know? So Amen. thanks John. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for being here. All right, Travis, do you have anything you want to uh, throw out there to wrap things up and then where can people yeah. find you? Yeah, just, you know, when it comes to having discussions on religion and politics with people, I, I've always found one of the easiest approaches is just to uh, go with them with just a general curiosity, not an agenda, like we'd said earlier. 
just asking questions about what their viewpoints are and things or what their faith's viewpoint is on this or that or what their political viewpoint is just to try to understand them a little bit better, not necessarily like them or agree with them, but just to try to see their viewpoint and go from there. Um, that's but no, this has been a great show. It's been a great discussion tonight. And it was good having a variety of folks on here. And um, as for me, you know, you can find me over on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Travis P11. And I've got my uh, Caliber Corner podcast that we do Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time, the most important time zone in the world. And otherwise, yeah, we got a show we'll do this Saturday. We will go live Christmas morning for about an hour. We're just going to have a little free-for-all discussion. And that's about it. So we got episodes planned for the next two weeks. But uh, thank you for the invite, man. I appreciate it. It's been good. The the next two weeks, are you going to do one on Christmas morning? Yes. Oh, cool. All righty. Yeah, we will. Yep. Okay. All right. Defense Dad, take us home. Oh, good discussion tonight. Um, yeah, when it comes to talk about politics and religion, there there are two there are two subjects that can just polarize some people and just take the time and understand the other person's perspective, especially religion. I mean, people everybody believes that their religion is the right one. Where the basic premise of most religions, no matter what denomination you are, is belief in some sort of higher power that that it's that's over you and treat people with respect and be a decent human being. I mean, I think that's what most, most religions can agree on. The interpretation from there is different. So don't, don't try to force your views on somebody. If those are your views and you hold those dear to your, to your heart. Great. But everybody's a little different. So as far as where you can find me, um, uh, my holiday season, it works almost coming to a close. So I'll be back making videos, uh, just on YouTube and, I am over on Patreon and um, Odyssey, and yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. And uh, I just, uh, I've been interjecting my thoughts uh, between people and and around people all night long, so I don't have much else to say. Uh, Jake, I love what you said just a minute ago when I put it up on the screen there, but for those of you that that are are audio only or can't see the screen, uh, what Jake said, the internet, I can't talk. The internet is written in ink, uh, which means, yeah, it cannot be erased. Once it's there, it's there. It may as well be carved in stone um, as far as that goes. But uh, but yeah, keep that in mind. And again, what you say to people, uh, it it says so much more about you than it does about them. Uh, The way that you handle people that don't agree with you or want to troll you or come at you, if, if you can handle that graciously, then people are more apt to uh, to be willing to listen or read what it is that you have to say down the road. So, um, all right. Uh, next week, I think we're going to forego the uh, the Christmas Eve Eve live discussion. We've got some stuff that we need to get ready that night. Um, I get uh, I get to work on Christmas Eve. We get off early, but as soon as soon as that's done, I think we're heading out of town uh, to, to do a family Christmas. So we won't have any prep time if we uh, if we do this next Thursday night. So um, I may get Sandhill Sweetheart convinced to sit down just for a quick uh, Merry Christmas message or something. And we might even get to do that live if I can get her to take a few minutes. It won't be long, but uh, if we do that, we'll do that at 8 o'clock uh the normal normal time eight o'clock central again only time zone that matters anybody that says otherwise is selling something or they're just wrong um 
but uh but yeah we'll we'll figure out something if if not i will have a video that drops at eight o'clock something will be here at eight o'clock and i will uh make sure that it happens on on facebook too because i'll be able to do that by then so uh thanks everybody for joining us remember uh go out and don't be afraid to have conversations it's fear of a conversation that has gotten us where we are that we have made it so easy for people to to just walk all over us talk all over us and as conservatives i mean that's that's how conservatives by nature are right by definition don't make waves don't rock the boat uh well the people that are rocking the boat and making the waves have figured out that uh if they if they if they squeak loud enough that they're the ones that get the grease and so uh, let's, let's take that away from them. Let's have the conversations. Let's not be afraid. We don't have to be jerks about it. Um, be nice until it's time not to be nice, but, uh, but don't compromise who you are or, or what you believe either. I mean, but you can only get that if you know who you are and you know what you believe. So, so figure that out, go out into the world, have a conversation, do good. And, uh, in case I don't get to talk to you or, or see you guys, uh, Merry Christmas. We will we'll catch you. I, I don't see any reason we we won't be going live um, Thursday before New Year's. Don't see anything happening then. So we should be live that week. The whatever that date is, the 30th, I believe, December 30th. Um, but uh, but yeah, December 23rd, we will not be we will not be sitting down for a regular podcast. So um We'll see what happens there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Please, if you have not subscribed here on YouTube, please do so. Uh, and share share the page with uh, with everybody and tell them to come hang out with us. If you liked the chat, hit the thumbs up. If you didn't, hit the thumbs down. That's fine. Uh, be honest with yourself and with us. But, uh, but also uh, hit the share button. And good or bad, uh, either send it to somebody and say, hey, I think you'll like this. I really did. Or send it to somebody and say, hey, these guys are dumbasses. Uh, just listen to these morons. Uh, either way would be great if you would share this. Forward it on. That would be amazing. We appreciate that. Uh, help us grow. If you're not on the Facebook page, go there, Sandhills Media. Or there is also a Get Off My Lawn podcast page. Uh, follow them both. And subscribe to the YouTube as well. Uh, you can catch us on Gunstreamer. And... Uh, some others may be coming that I start uploading the videos to. Um, if you want to help support us, go to Patreon um, or go to the description of this video and go find some merchandise. And I keep saying it, one of these days we're going to get more stuff. Um, hopefully by by uh, the beginning of the of the new year, we can have some, some cool stuff up there. So uh, if you're an Avalanche fan, that game just ended. I'm sorry. If you're a Nashville Predators fan, congratulations, I guess, to you guys. Um, if you're a Golden Knights fan, find a better team. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you are, Jake. I just had to throw that in there. So Vegas and Reno don't get along. I'm not a fan of anything Vegas. Okay. Well, if you're a Kraken fan, I guess the word's still out. So that might be the closest team to you. Um, anyway, guys, have a great night. Have a great rest of your week. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. But it's time for you to go. You know what's up. Merry get off my lawn. lawn.